All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 97. Normally, I would call this the Connor McDavid episode because it is episode 97, but we've got pressing matters to talk about today. Of course, the playoffs kick off tomorrow. We're going to have a whole rundown on the playoffs, including Brock Sagan from dailyfaceoff.com is going to be joining us to do a rundown on that. But first, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant for making this all possible. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. They're posting all kinds of whips. They're posting new ways to get a vehicle no matter where you're at. They are here to help, and they are fine, fine people as well. Again, Sherwood Ford, if you're listening to this, I'm just saying 10 1987 Ford Escort GTs. That's it. I think we could handle seven. It doesn't have to be 10. Like We can negotiate. 10 is a high number, but I've had lots of time to figure it out. I've had lots of time to figure it out. To be honest though, Dan, I would like two. I would like two different colors. Depending on uh, how I feel (laughs) that day, I would like a different flavor. Just like changing my outfit. That's all. That's fair. That's fair. Again, 10, 1987 Ford Escort GTs. Thank you. If anybody can do it, it's Sherwood Ford. Of course they can. They're fun people. Uh, Gentlemen, after four and a half months of talking complete nonsense and bullshit, and making things up and coming up with content that is irrelevant to anybody and just complete tomfoolery. Dan, you are an aggressive typer over there. I am. I was just looking up. It's been 142 days exactly. Not that I'm counting. 142 days of just talking complete weirdness. And tomorrow, the NHL playoffs 
begin. Tomorrow, you hit a button. We are going to watch the Edmonton Oilers play a meaningful hockey game. We are back. Tomorrow, we are going to watch the beginning of the strangest Stanley Cup playoffs in NHL history. Tomorrow, I am going to get white girl wasted at 1 p.m. because that's what you do in playoff season. I also I go to Rogers Place and I'm crazy. <laughs> Gentlemen, before we look ahead at the playoffs, the Oilers had a game on Wednesday, an exhibition affair against the Calgary Flams. Came up with a big 4-1 win. It didn't mean anything, but it meant something to me. I'm just going to go around the horn. I want to get your thoughts on what you just like, the feeling you had when you were watching hockey again and watching the Oilers and just everything that went along with that night. Dan, I want to start with you. It was amazing. Yamamoto starts us off just like he started off the last game, just just beating Cam Talbot. I mean, he beat David Rich in the last game. But anyway, Yamamoto starts us off great. The team comes out firing. You're like, ah, oh, this is going to just be a joke. This is this is just, you know, Michigan over Appalachian State kind of, uh, kind of game. Uh, the Oilers definitely took their foot off the pedal in the middle of the game. And then, as if they didn't give a shit about the result up until that point. They just turned it on again, and all of a sudden it was four to one. So, yeah, you know, you hate to see them take their foot off the accelerator, but again, you said it is, it is as you said, it is a, an exhibition game, and and everybody's kind of getting their legs, their sea legs under them, and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, you're happy to see it. Love to love to beat the Flames anytime you can. Rick, boys are back on the ice on Wednesday. What do you think? I didn't think too much of that game. I was kind of excited going in, but the closer we got to it, the excitement level went down as I was ultimately more excited for tomorrow. So I watched that game a little bit. Uh, I don't think they cared too much. They came out. They wanted to get some rust off. They wanted to do a couple things here and there. The power play looked good. But essentially, I think they just wanted to get through that 60 minutes and uh, and get a, get along to uh, tomorrow, so, so tomorrow. Tyler? Yeah, I was excited. Like when the puck dropped, I was pretty fired up. Uh, I I think I agree with Rick though. They the biggest worry was not winning that game. It was not getting hurt. Um, not getting injured. And yeah, that that passed. They did that, so I was happy to see that. Um, it was good to it eased the nerves of me being like, oh, is it gonna look weird with no fans or anything like that? Like I thought the presentation was good. It was fun watching the Oilers, and it just got me even more amped up to watch them again tomorrow afternoon. Well, let's talk about the presentation. So, obviously, the NHL kicked off exhibition games on Wednesday. We were all watching hockey, whether it was on illegal streams or on the TV later in the evening. I'm just kind of curious what everybody thought about the way it looked. Now, to be fair, the NHL did say that they're going to have some upgrades in presentation when the playoffs start tomorrow. So, I don't know what that means. But we'll see, I guess we'll see tomorrow at 1 o'clock. But I think one I of them is anthem her- singers. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm down for an anthem singer. But I want to ask everybody what they thought about the presentation of the game. Obviously, it was weird. EA Sports had their like white noise, crowd noise going on in the background uh, to kind of you know keep it a little bit more normal. To me, the only time I really, really noticed... Actually, there were two. There were two times when I really noticed no crowd. One was when the Oilers scored, the buzzer goes off, and there's no reaction. I thought that was kind of fun. It honestly was making me laugh by the end of the night. Two, when Connor flew down the wing with the puck. I missed, and Tyler, you've talked about this yeah. in the past on episodes. I missed the 
the anticipation that the crowd has, just kind of like the rise in energy when he's flying down the wing. And then when he scores, everybody bursts out of their seat. So I missed it on those two occasions. But other than that, it reminded me of like a world championship game. Do you know what I mean? Where there's two countries where maybe that they have an empty, empty building. That's what it looked like to me. What did you guys think? Yeah, it didn't bother yeah, me much. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't expect a whole lot. I, I know a lot of people have been uh, talking about, you know, what it's going to be like without the fans, without this, that, the other thing. Um, I really was never worried about that. I just kind of said the NHL will do what they want to do with it. And, uh, I was more focused on what happens on the ice and, uh, what happened around the rink? I think it looks fantastic. I think they've done a, a hell of a job and I think they, uh, they deserve a pat on the back for it. But I was entirely focused on, um, everything that happens on the ice. I didn't barely even notice the fact there was no, no, no real fans. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, you notice it when they score. Um, and I think part of it too was the subdued celebrations. Like I said this on a couple podcasts now, they were celebrating like they scored a goal in their 10 PM beer league, not like they were scoring goals in the NHL. Um, so I, I think as the playoffs get going, the atmosphere will pick up even more. There'll be even more emotion and intensity in all these games. And you'll notice the crowd potentially even less. And if they fine tune the presentation a bit, even better. I was thoroughly, I, I was thoroughly surprised at how little I didn't notice the crowd. So for me, it was all good. I think they, they need to get rid of that god-awful up-top camera angle that follows the play sometimes. Um, like they have some fine-tuning to do. But I'm very confident that when the playoffs kick off tomorrow, it's going to feel like the real thing. Nation Dan. Yeah, it, just wanted to make sure I got off mute. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I agree with like what Rick said about you know the presentation was really it's 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 for what they put together in a very short amount of time because it took them so long to get to Edmonton as the hub city. Um, they've done a really good job with that. Uh, the one kind of takeaway that I have from it is it just it has to suck for the players. Like you, you understand you see that subdued celebration from them because they're not getting any of that noise, right? That noise is coming over top of the broadcast. It was an exhibition game, though. Like, you know, if no, you played with in that. front of 18,000 people I in an exhibition that. game, it would have been the same thing. They go up and tap the dude in the shin pads and skate away. Come, come, to, come tomorrow, you're going to see a whole new celebration. Yeah, but I think that there's like a certain element of, and it's like Bag Milk said, there's that, that, that's just that little, you know, even with the EA guy on the end or girl on the end of the, uh, of the volume knob there, they're turning up the audience just that little bit more as the puck comes into the zone. And that's what the, that's what the fans do, but the players aren't going to be able to hear that. And so it's going to, I think it's going to take a little bit more time for them to kind of get to that amped up level of excitement that, that fans are already at. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they're making the best of a bad situation. Uh, I kind of love the idea of, of, of a cutout situation somehow. I know that uh, baseball teams have been doing that. I I don't know what the I don't know what the move is there, but I just yeah, they're, they're, it's it's as good as I think it can get in the situation that we're in. I'm just so, so you know, just right. so you know, my man Frank will be attending Blue Jays games. Ooh, so that's awesome. Just as a heads up, that he will be in the crowd cheering on the Jays. Anyway, Tyler, go ahead. Uh, honestly, I think the cardboard cutout thing is like cheesy as fuck. I'm so happy the NHL is not doing it. I I yeah, like man. the look of making it look like a spectacle. With the big yep. screens everywhere and all that, to me, Major League Baseball putting the cardboard cutouts in the seats—it's just like, meh. You ran out of time to do something cool, so you're gonna go to a local print shop and get like ten thousand faces cut out <laughs> onto it. I don't know. I would just love to have a bunch of cutouts around a, the visitors' penalty but it, box. It looks like a big team and stuff. 
it looks like a big stage. It, it looks like they're playing, like you know what I'm saying. It looks yeah, it, it has an the NHL heritage game, the heritage yeah. heritage game, or whatever the hell you want to call it. But this looks like a big stage. It kind of looks like wrestling to me, where you know they have the big they have the big posters around the ring and whatnot. So it that's just what it looked like to me. And I, I honestly, I take this way more than I do, you know, a small fraction of a couple cardboard cutouts here and there. Do you want to know what I was actually a little bit surprised about? Is and I, again, this is just me being dumb. I think. I didn't expect them to have screens and the seats covered and all that stuff. I just kind of thought the NHL was going to half-ass it and go with just an empty arena. So I was yeah. actually pleasantly surprised by the way Rogers Place looks. I think it looks dope. It's like a mm-hmm. spaceship in there. Yeah, man. You know what it actually reminds me of? You remember in uh, in EA Sports when in NHL games when you play like the pond hockey version and they have like the weird things around where the outdoor quote unquote outdoor rink is. That's kind of what it reminded me of. I thought it looked cool. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they come up with for tomorrow. You're right. Bag milk. It's built kind of like the NHL threes and EA's uh, NHL 20 is, yeah. is with those screens and the, and the, just everything about it. It's, I, I just hope that they amp it up. I'd love to see mascots in there. How good would it be to have Hunter just doing funny. cartwheels in the stands and stuff. But, well, uh, to yeah. that point, Dan, before you continue, I, that's one of my favorite things about baseball. There's two. Yeah. Like one, the cardboard cutout thing. I get it. Uh, but it is funny when there's like a home run and it knocks someone's head clean off. That makes me laugh. Um, and then Philly, like, the Philly Fanatics interactions with cutouts. Yeah. yeah and just the, the, the mascot, lonely mascots in the stands also makes me laugh. So it's I so hope good. we get to see Hunter. I'll tell you one thing, though, about Wednesday that really bothered me when the Flames scored and the Saddle Dome goal horn went off at Rogers Place, dislike, do not like, not very fun. And I wrote about it this morning, actually, thinking about the play-in series, why you should hate the Chicago Blackhawks. When they play Chelsea Dagger, when um, when Chicago's technically the home team, that is going to annoy the shit out of me. I don't know, Matt. Think that they'll, yeah, they will. They'll do it when they're the home team. But I got the feeling that they're going to just be doing it for both teams all the time. No, no, because you got to make you got to make it sound like you got to give them their, that home edge or that home feeling, right? So they'll get Columbus will get the uh, will get the big cannon going off when they score a goal when they're the home team. But for the most part, man, it's just I don't know, dude. I'm just watching the games. But it's like last night's game there between the Coyotes and the Golden Knights. It was noted by somebody on hockey fights that um, that the board ad boards, the board ads, the board ads. Uh, were all Arizona-esque. Like, they had Arizona local businesses on them. I think that might have been a part of the TV deal, actually. That's actually a good... That's a smart idea, because, like, even... Like, that doesn't take very long to change out. You even see them between periods swapping ads on the board. So, like, that's actually an interesting touch to make a little bit of money for, you know, otherwise a strange... When you're watching, watch when you're watching the other teams, though, does it feel like you're watching at Rogers? Does it feel like it to me? It just feels like it's a tournament and it's like a neutral site game. And the only time it actually feels like Rogers is when I'm going to like try and make it look like Rogers. Yeah, I think part of that is because Rogers is no offense here, but it's a fairly generic, generic. arena, right? So when they dress it yeah. up even more and you take all the Oilers logos out of it, it's just kind of it's a rink and it looks just like a cool futuristic cool. stage arena thing. It doesn't look like Rogers. But, well, question. Yeah. I haven't watched any. I haven't watched any of the games from uh, from Toronto. Is it the same case in Toronto? Yeah, yeah. It's all kind of structured around the gray of the NHL shield, and then and then you've got the coloring from from the screens. The screen setup and everything is different in Toronto, 
but it's basically the same kind of structure that to, just to be bland. I think that's what they're going for, Rick. Is to your it's, point? Yeah, they, they just want to trying to remove. The, yeah, yeah, they just want to be down the middle and make sure everyone kind of feels the same, and it doesn't really. And I'm fine with that. I, we're in a weird situation, and yeah, the city gets a a boost by getting these guys here, and you know, we'll walk around with our chests out a little bit more because Edmonton won the uh, the bid or got selected or we whatever the hell you want to say. Exactly. Uh, look at baseball. You know, we're doing hell. We're doing a great thing. But at the end of the day, it had to be fair. It had to be down the middle. So, yeah, and when I'm watching two other teams, like I said, it doesn't even feel like it's Rodgers. Even if we're watching an Oiler game, I don't think it really feels like it's Rodgers. So, if, the, if you know, Chicago scores a goal when they're the home team and they play that song, I don't think it's going to really bother me that much. And when it, comes to, when it comes to the fan noise, when the Oilers score, I make enough noise myself that I don't hear what the hell is going on the TV anyway. So, on, on Tuesday when the goals are being scored, and everyone here knows that, when the goals are being scored, I, yeah, I, that's secondary noise to me anyways. I can't hear anything louder than myself. So, I got it. EA noise is actually just Rick yelling at the TV. It could be, man. Uh, yeah, we'll get that as an option. It's an option. Well, one of the funny things about the EA crowd noise that kind of just like acts as a, you know, a buffer on TV was having the media tweet out chirps that people were yelling, that players were yelling at each other because so they obviously don't get that EA crowd noise. They get to hear what's going on in the arena. So I thought that was hilarious. I'm looking forward to more of that um, as as these series go on because I kind of wish we got to hear a little bit of it. I get why we don't. I completely understand why the league is doing it the way they are. But I'm looking forward to Gregor tweets about you know, Zach Cassian says this to that guy, and I love all that stuff. Yeah, man, that's the hate. Sport, you know, like physical sports like hockey and football, it, it, it thrives on the hate between one team and another, and I think it it, it sends the game to a, a brand new level, so I, I love hearing that stuff. Just like I know you love hearing about Sherwood Ford and all the fine things they're doing out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta, go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. I just got a, another thing I want to say about Wednesday's game. I was talking to Wanye probably. So the game was 830. It was going to be a late one. I started drinking way too early. And I will tell you that I got playoff drunk for that exhibition game because I was so excited. I had so much fun live tweeting the game. I had so much fun misspelling things in the wrap-up. It just felt normal. And I didn't really realize how much I missed just feeling normal and watching a hockey game. Do you know what I mean? Completely. <laughs> yeah. I was on mute and I agreed with you. Sorry. Uh, yeah, like I even like there were so many little things throughout the game. We talked about this a little bit on real life, but I missed sending out a tweet that if you didn't know the context would just be nonsense. Like you can tweet at the twelve minute mark of an Oilers game, like fucking refs, and it'll get two hundred likes because all these Oilers fans are glued to their phones on Twitter. I miss the feeling I get when you see the ref's arm shoot up. And you're like, holy shit, the Oilers are getting a power play. Look out. As an Oilers fan, the feeling I have, I feel like that's how it feels to be a lion in the jungle staring at a wounded animal. That's what it's like (laughs) when the Oilers get a power play, man. Like, just little feelings like that. When you start to see an odd man rush develop, and you don't even mean to do it, but you inch a little closer to the edge of your coach, and you're like, oh shit, (laughs) something might be happening. There's countless little tiny things throughout a game that are why I'm excited this is all back. I uh, Again, I agree with you, Tyler. Uh, this is just a bunch of agreeing with each other today, it seems like. But like having, Oilers, twi- 
having Oilers Twitter back again was a lot of fun. Oilers Twitter talking about hockey was a lot of fun. And everybody was in a good mood. You know, there was uh, some chippiness in a Battle of Alberta game that didn't mean anything. It was great. Um, looking ahead, though, we are going to do a draft for an unsung hero here before we bring Brock on from dailyfaceoff.com. So, Dan, please explain the rules of this draft. We're going to pick two players amongst us. We're picking our ponies for the playoff run. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if it was you or Tyler that put out the article about uh, who will be the next Fernando Pisani. And uh, that got me, kind of got me thinking that we could have some fun with that. So, I'm just typing in uh, everybody's name here now. We're going to randomize a draft order. The rules are you have to draft two players. So they, so we'll go in a snake order of the uh, of the draft order. If you pick first, you're also going to pick last. Uh, and all it's going to be is you have to pick players underneath the point total, forwards underneath the point total of 25 on the season. So that that also includes Tyler Ennis and FNSU, who will not be eligible for this draft. Uh, and then as well on the other or for the other player, you can draft any one of the defensemen. So points are the only thing that matters here. Assists and, and goals matter. Um, so, so yeah, here's the uh, random order I'm going to random.org. The order is myself first. I, I, I was joking about oh, that, but it's actually, it's actually myself first. I can run it again if you'd like, no, but, uh, good. it's myself first, Tyler, bag milk, and then Rick. So that's the order according to listrandomizer.com. You can see that I just ran it on from my IP address. You can put that out on the internet if you'd like. From and, my uh, IP address. <laughs> <laughs> it actually logs your IP address and your timestamp just so you could say that that's when I ran it. Um, but right, uh, yeah, so, Nation Dan, you are on the clock with the first okay. overall pick in the Unsung Hero Draft of 2020. I uh, it, uh, I didn't expect to get the first pick. Uh, I think I'm going to go with what's that noise? Josh Archibald. That was my drum roll. Did you like oh. it? So good. <laughs> I'm going with Josh Archibald. I think he can find his way up into the lineup if, uh, if God forbid, injuries do happen. Uh, I think he's the pick for my unsung hero. You're up, Tyler. So, sorry, uh, we said... <laughs> that, that really throws you me off. He's a real check. <laughs> um, so, Yamamoto not eligible? Nope. Has 26 points. Chase on is? Yep. Chase on's my boy. I think he parked in front of the net on those power plays, man. He's going to be hella productive there. I'm going with the old Alley Che. Okay. So we've so, got yeah. Archibald. We've got Chase on. Who's up next? That is Bagged Milk. Ooh. Okay. Rick getting ready with two picks in a row. Oscar Clefbaum, come on down. All right, there you I, go. Wanna, yeah. I wanna see it. I think that he's gonna get a lot of power play time. I think that he is the Oilers' best puck moving uh, defenseman at the moment. Ethan Bear's coming for you. But I think Oscar Clefbaum is gonna be my boy here based on how much he plays. There you go. Rick with the fourth pick in the unsung hero draft. Well, That's killing me. <laughs> I was just waiting for it to end. Your M Chuck, your M Chuck got the right answer. The right answer is Jason. Um in this I would my secondary guess though would be a guy who's gonna play on his line. So I don't like the fact we're doing this points should have been a Bob and Six guy, but uh, the second guy I would have put as Neil. I just like the way that line's gonna look. In this rules, I'll just go with uh Riley Shahan. I think that third that uh third line can grab some extra points out there. 
and uh, he's going to be out there a lot. Um, if you're out there, you got a chance to get some points. So let's go with Riley Shahan there. And if I got to pick someone on the other, on the back end here, I put my money box. <laughs> I put my money where my mouth was at the beginning of the year, and I went out and got his third jersey to start the year. I'm going Ethan Bear. Uh, I thought he was uh, going to be a bit of a, a big surprise coming into the season. I think that's pretty much what he was. And, yeah, I'm going to stick with him. Love that pick, by the way. Ethan Bear, how can you go wrong? By the way, shout out to um, Ethan Bear, the jersey he got to wear on Wednesday night as well. That was dope. Yeah, that was hella with the cool. Cre- with the crease of Lavix on the back of it. I loved it. Um, so I'm up next then. Yep. So I picked Clef Bomb. You need a my forward. First pick. I need a forward. This is no, this is easy because I think he's going to pay power play as well. And I think that he is a playoff performer. And I think that he's going to pick me up some points regardless of where he's at in the bottom six. James Neal. <laughs> James Neal, come on down. Oh, can't pick too many points. 31 points. Why? I know. <laughs> 31 I points. It. it should have been bottom six, guys, but we're going points. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to, yeah, because you can't give a guy power play like that. You gotta uh, get the greasy power play minutes. Uh, fine. That's right. why Chiefs the right answer, though. Chiefs is the best answer, really. It's the only uh, answer. The well, answer, yeah. answer. He, well, he was the answer. Now, Kaylor Yamamoto is the answer. Let's be honest. All right. Well, now I got to rethink my strategy here. I can't pick James Neal. All right, so that takes that out. You guys picked him over there. So I'm just with the hammer. Oh, I do like the hammer. Yeah, you like the hammer. A nice little short-handed that thing door around. at some point. Nice Dude, that, little shorty. That fourth line is going to be a very important line for us. I like what they can do. You know the what? I'm, gonna work, they're going to work the puck down low, and that's a very good line. I appreciate the hammer. I always have, and his beard is fer- beard is ferocious right now. I think he looks great. But my pick in the redraft is Gaetan Haas. Give him to me. I go. believe in Gaetan Haas. My all turn right. now. Tyler. I got to yep, go with the defenseman. This guy only scored one goal all season, but the goal he scored was a clutch one in the Battle of Alberta. I honestly think we could see Matt Benning play some of the best Daddy. hockey of his career. He's got the concussion issues behind him. He had a bit of a training camp now to get back up to speed. No more playing catch up for Matt Benning. Contract year as well. Wouldn't be surprised if we see him score some big goals. So Benning is my pick. I like Matt Benning. You. I, I dislike that I was not able to do my drum roll. However, Nation Dan, <laughs> with the eighth and final pick in the Unsung Hero Draft, Mr. Nation Dan, wrap it up. Well, I, I thought I was going to be picking Matt Benning just by virtue of not having any other options, but it's going to be Darnell Nurse. That'll be Daryl. Uh, that'll be Daryl is going to be uh, scoring me some points. Josh Archibald and Darnell Nurse might be the worst first pick overall though <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if I was thinking, think of, I don't think I was picking, picking very clearly there but that's alright Josh Archibald Darnell Nurse it's going to work come on down alright so we're going total points we've got to come up with some kind of prize for the winner yep and some kind of um, punishment of, of sorts for the loser I think shame shame Yo, we definitely need some shame so We'll think about that as we go on. We're just getting started tomorrow, game one, going at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. My team, Bomb and Gaetan Haas, is unstoppable. I guarantee it. And shout-out to Nuge for being thick also. Uh, I think this is a perfect time to give a shout-out to 
our friends at skipthedishes.ca because we're all watching the games at home or at the pint. If you're at home, get yourself something to eat. They're going to bring it to you. You can have the playoff atmosphere in your own house. They are happy to do it. Thousands of restaurants across the city. They have got drivers for everyone. Make sure you tip them. Skipthedishes.ca. We're going to take a real quick break here, and then we're going to bring in Brock Sagan from Daily Faceoff to do a playoff preview. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. We are back. As Cam Lewis would say, we've got Brock Sagan from dailyfaceoff.com joining us to do a little bit of a playoff preview. Brock, how you doing, buddy? Uh, probably as good as I've been doing in months. I can't believe I'm back talking about hockey. It seems like uh, forever ago uh, since I was able to do something like this. So looking forward to it. We were just talking about that right before you came in, how for the last four and a half months, this podcast has been nothing but bullshit about what could happen, what may not happen, what to expect, will they cancel, won't they cancel. So the fact that we're kicking off the playoffs tomorrow is pretty incredible when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was just talking on my podcast yesterday, actually. It, was like, it doesn't even seem like this year um, that Mike Babcock was fired and some of the other things that happened. It seems like it was so long ago, but we're back and uh, can't wait for the start tomorrow. Brock, I just want to give people a run-through of dailyfaceoff.com if they don't know. That is the Nation Network's fantasy hockey site. I have filled in for you on a couple of different occasions when you needed a break. It is a ton of work to do what you do. Just give a run-through of kind of what your days look like as you as we're approaching tomorrow's kickoff for the NHL playoffs. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be even more interesting now um, because the NHL has so few reporters like actually in the bubble. Uh, so I'm not going to be as privy to some of the information as I usually am. So it could be tough. I'm a little nervous to see how it goes. But yeah, just uh, what we're doing during the playoffs is line combinations, starting goalies, um, all the injury news uh, that people look for when they're trying to play daily fantasy, whether it's drafting, standing, uh, or just betting on the game. So uh, hopefully the very few reporters that they do have in these bubbles can uh, give me enough information to keep everybody kind of uh, abreast of everything that's going on during these uh, NHL playoffs. And, uh, with so many games and so few days, it's going to be pretty uh, wild over there. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's been four months and can't wait to get going. Are you a better? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been actually like freaking out without uh, sports for the last few months. So I've, as weird as it sounds, I've gotten so heavy into NASCAR. Really? So like for a while, it was the only thing happening. And uh yeah, I was never a big NASCAR guy, but it was the only thing happening. And I started just, you know, making projections and spreadsheets. And I started winning money on DraftKings and betting and winning money. And I was like, okay, I kind of like this, you know, turn left 900,000 times thing. <laughs> Tyler, you're a big bet guy. Is, Tyler, you're a big bet guy. Is there anything fun kind of that you're looking at as we kick off for tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I've been going through my sports book a bit. Like, usually I'm never a big futures better. I am, you know, young, rather impatient. I want my money and I want it now. <laughs> I either want the joy or the disappointment, like in the moment. But I, I've gone, man, and I've probably gone a little bit too far putting money on the Oilers series. I'm big on the Jets series. For some reason, I don't know if I was drinking or what, I got $10 at like 15 No, it was like 9 to 1. I don't know why I did this. It's only 10 bucks on a goalie to be the Conn Smythe winner. Don't know why I did that, but I have a ton of futures <laughs> bets right now. I've never done that before. Brock, we're talking playoffs here, kicking off tomorrow for the NHL. It's been, what do you say, Dan, 142 days or something like that? 142 on the dot. Let's talk 
Blackhawks and Oilers. Obviously, we're all Oilers fans here, Brock. Mm-hmm. Oilers Nation Radio. <laughs> well, let's preview the series. I know you got some numbers to kind of look at it. What are we looking at? Where's the big advantages for Edmonton as opposed to Chicago or vice versa? Where does Chicago have an advantage over the Oilers? Uh, so the interesting thing is that for Chicago, this seems like probably the worst matchup they could have gotten. Um, you know, on paper, it looks like probably the most exciting qualifying series. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of high-scoring games, uh, a lot of 6 fours, and I think that kind of plays into the uh, Oilers' favor a little bit. Uh, I think that Oilers, um, as a whole, were a little bit fraudulent, especially uh, at 5v5 this year, um, but the Blackhawks are so bad uh, at 5v5, like in terms of preventing uh, scoring chances against, and when you've got you know Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl on the ice almost the entire time against one of the worst defensive teams in hockey. Um, I think that the Oilers have a clear advantage at 5v5, and I, I don't even think I need to tell um, your listeners that, you know, the Oilers are really good uh, on the special teams. I mean, you know, top power play in the league this year. Uh, top Our second best, I believe, penalty kill in the NHL. Um, and even, you know, all the underlying numbers back up those, um, those percentages. So, uh, especially on the power play, the Oilers are, you know, the best team in the Western Conference when they've got the man advantage. And the Blackhawks, you know, they can hold their own uh, on special teams. But when you've got the Oilers just firing on all cylinders in that power play and they're probably going to win that 5v5 battle, it's going to come down to whether or not, um, you know, Miko Koskinen can play well. And uh, it's not like Corey Crawford is, you know, the god he used to be. Um, I think that the, the goaltending matchup is pretty even and the Oilers check all the other boxes. I really don't see a lot here that goes in the Blackhawks' favor. Uh, you know, on the spreadsheet, it doesn't look great. Um, and then on the ice, I think it, it could look even worse. If you're the Blackhawks, I think one of the interesting things is who are they going to match up against Connor and who's going to get Leon? Because there's going to be a lineup mismatch there. So looking at the defense, uh, according to Daily Faceoff right now, it's got Keith and Boquist as kind of that first pairing for Chicago. Who do you think they're going to throw that pair out against and who's going to get left to the Lions? Do you think they'll be going up against Connor or do you think they'll get Leon? Uh, i got to admit, I haven't you know, looked too far into it, but as far as I remember, a lot of times it would be that would see that top line. Um, I mean, when you're dealing with the Oilers, it's kind of really difficult to determine uh, who that top line is. And it, it, honestly, it could be a different line one day to the next Uh so I think obviously Keith's line will most like or pairing will most likely see a lot of McDavid uh, in Game One, and then Game uh, sorry, in, and then Calvin DeHaan, Connor Murphy most likely to see a lot of uh, the Leon line uh, in Game One at least to start. I don't know how long it's going to last. Like I said, uh, you know, I, the Taves line is pretty decent. Um, you know, at, at playing both ends of the ice, but the rest of this lineup really. Um, it's just like all or nothing for offense, and they just struggle so much in their own end. Uh, they're so leaky. It's been the, so- the story all year long, and if they don't get lights out goaltending, like, they're going to get run out of the building tonight. So I want to go around the horn real quick. We're talking to Oilers, Blackhawks. Let's just do a quick around the horn playoff prediction. I'm going to go Oilers in four. I said it on Oilers Nation today. I said it on the DFO predictions that are coming out. Um, Brock, I'm going to go to you. What do you think on this series? I'm going to go Oilers in four as well. Uh, as much as I think Oilers is a clear favorite in this series, I think, um, you know, Miko Koskinen, uh, I would assume he's going to get the first game. Um, Mike Smith, depending on who's in it, I think there's a big enough question mark there that, you know, Chicago could steal one. But um, 
I said if Edmonton comes out firing in game one, this could be a route. This could be three and easy. Uh, but it's just, they seem like such a fragile team too. So if they lose game one, who knows what's going to happen. And I know you guys probably know better than anybody that this kind of is, I, I would assume your fan base would just be freaking out if they go lose that first game. Yeah, a thousand percent. Like if the Oilers come out and just shit the bed tomorrow and lose against Chicago, there's going to be a lot of people panicking early. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Greger wrote on OilersNation.com a couple of days ago, or yesterday actually, how important game one of the series is. Uh, going back historically to when the NHL only had five game series in the first round. So it is a big game tomorrow. You are right that Oilers fans will be freaking out a little bit <laughs> if they lose. Um Hopefully not, but we'll see what happens. Dan, what do you think for a, a prediction on this on this round? Oilers in two. I, <laughs> I, I mean, it's Oilers, Oilers in four, but Oilers in two. I, I just like I agree with everything Brock said. Like, there's there's that there's like that subtle chance that maybe things get off the rails for a game, maybe two games. But yeah, this this team. I don't know. I don't. I just don't get where the people that are coming out of the woodwork now saying that all of a sudden the Blackhawks, who sold off their franchise sold off their spare parts are now, you know, able to hang with the fifth best team in the West. So it's just, it's not, it's not for me. Oilers in four, but Oilers in two. Well, it, it, I was looking at that too, because Chicago played very well against St. Louis in their exhibition game. And that kind of caused like everybody to say, Oh, well, Oilers better watch out for Chicago, but let's be fair though. Chicago did beat Edmonton two of three games in the regular season. So, I know playoffs are a different animal, obviously. Well, I think this is also going to be a little bit of a sloppy game, too, tomorrow, because, yes, they've had one exhibition, but we're still talking about two teams that haven't played competitively in four and a half months. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Sorry, I know that we want to get to the other two predictions. I just was going to say, too, with the context on those two losses, the first loss was at the end of, I'm, I'm remembering Jack Michael's tweet. Yeah, it was at the end of a 5-0 and road trip. And then uh, the other game was back-to-back against Dallas and Nashville, and then they lost to Chicago. So maybe, you know, there's some emotional stuff there too. Uh, But yeah, that's just the context there. Rick's always passionate about the Oilers. What do you think for a prediction, my friend? Break out the broom. (laughs) Break out the broom. broom. Time to walk with a little bit of swag in the city. We've got the two best players in the league, in the world. We're going up against a team that probably shouldn't have been in the playoffs if it wasn't for this. Two. It's over, boys. Going with the brooms. Tyler, to wrap us up, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to take the safe play here. I'm going to put it right in the middle of the fairway and say Oilers in four. Um, I took them Go in the series. Go for the green. No, no, you play it safe. I do think it, the games are going to be tighter than maybe some Oilers fans think. Um, it might very, it very well might be sloppy. Um, as much as it would probably kill me and send me into cardiac arrest, I like Brock's idea of all of these games being 6-4, though. I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> that would be great. I would love that, too. Brock, looking around, um, we're going to start with the Western Conference first. Looking around the Western Conference, is there a play-in series specifically that interests you? Uh, yeah, for sure. I just want to touch on the Blackhawks one more time. Sure. Um, I was looking at the odds the other day to win the Western Conference, and I just, it, like you said, like there seems to be this weird narrative around Chicago. I don't know if it's just because everyone's putting their money on it, so they haven't watched sports in forever. I'm like, oh, I remember the Blackhawks used to be good, and then it's shifting the lines a little bit. But, like, they have way better odds to win the Western Conference than Calgary. And to me, they have way worse odds of getting out of the qualifying round than Calgary. So it just seems like the, the numbers just are kind of weird. Um, but in terms of the other series in the Western Conference, as weird as, as it is, I'm really looking forward to this Vancouver-Minnesota series. It could be super boring, 
But I, I, it's just like, it's a clash of just two different philosophies. And it's going to be super interesting to see like how it plays out. I mean, you've got Vancouver who kind of uh, pretty good offensively, not a very deep team though. And, you know, relatively leaky defensively. And then you've got Minnesota who is on paper, they're pretty deep. They're pretty balanced all the way. Uh, lines one through four, they have a really solid blue line, but they're so committed defensively that they don't generate any offense whatsoever. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to kind of watch that series because on paper, it, it, it looks even, but on two totally different ends of the spectrum. Um, so I'm not really sure who's going to win that series. I have Vancouver in five specifically just because uh, Jakob Markstrom is by far the best goalie in the series. Uh, but I think that's going to be a really interesting And it's hard not to like Calgary and Winnipeg. Um, it's an all-Canadian matchup. We always you know, get excited about those. But I just think that Winnipeg is so fraudulent that Calgary probably um, best them at four. Uh, but when you've got a Vesna Trophy caliber goal during that, anything can happen in the playoffs, especially in a 5-3 series. Looking at the East... We've got the Penguins, Habs, Hurricane Rangers, Islanders, Panthers, Leafs, and Blue Jackets. I saw. I want to ask you about a tweet I saw that go went out today um, on your account. Islanders, Panthers. You said both are frauds. Yeah, they're just, walk us through that one. They're just not very good either team. Uh, honestly, like um, they both have kind of good numbers on the surface. I mean, the Islanders, um, you know, the ninth best goals against average this year. Um, the Panthers, the sixth best goals for this year. But when you dig a little deeper into the numbers, like I've gotten so many arguments with Islanders fans on Twitter this year because they're like, oh, well, like they give up shots, but they don't give up any quality. But when you look at the numbers, they give up a ton of quality chances. There's this weird uh, perceived notion that the Islanders are like this lockdown defensive team. It's just simply not the case. Um, you know, I think that they got so lucky last year um, and I hated them heading into the, the playoffs and then they, <laughs> so I could be dead wrong again. Um, but then the, the, even the Panthers, they're not that great. Um, their numbers look solid on the surface, but when you dig a little deeper, uh, they're not great. But they have, you know, one thing going for them. They have a pretty good power play, which always helps. Um, but then you got Sergei Bobrovsky. Like, who is he? Uh, you know, even last year, he was pretty mediocre. And then steals four against the Lightning, and they, they sweep the best team in hockey. Um, so, it's, you know, if he shows up, I think that they win this one handily. If he's mediocre, I think it you know goes to five, and then who knows? I think it's whichever team gets luckier. I mean, they're both wrong, but neither one of them has a chance once they whoever wins the series. In your opinion, which is going to be the most fun series in the East to watch? Um, I think it's got to be Toronto Columbus, uh, just because obviously uh, maybe it's just where I live. All my buddies are Leafs fans. Uh, I know that that's going to be the game I'm watching with boys uh, all the time. So it's the one I'm going to be tuned into the most. But the Leafs are just such a fun team to watch. And then it's just kind of looking back to, like, can Columbus do it again to what they did to, to Tampa last year? Um, I don't think that they can repeat that success. I think that was maybe a bit of an outlier. Um, but always watching the Leafs is pretty fun. Obviously, Pittsburgh, Montreal uh, could be exciting. But I just think, like, that's just a, a 3 nothing series in the making right now. It's uh, the only series, I believe, more lopsided than Edmonton-Chicago. So I got to ask for context here for anybody listening to this, Brock is a Red Wings fan. So you had arguably one of the most <laughs> painful se seasons in history. To make matters worse, the Red Wings slid to number four after the draft lottery. And I texted mm -hmm. you that night and you were ready to give up hockey entirely. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually, I was on the golf course and, uh, 
I made three consecutive birdies, I think for the first time in my life. I was like on wow. the high of high and I had the, the <laughs> strap lottery streaming on my phone and I was like, okay, here we go. So three straight birdies, I'm all fired up. All of a sudden they announced the wings get four. I promptly shanked the next uh, tee shot out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it just sent me the tailspin in life on the golf course. It was such a nightmare. Uh, the only thing I guess I have uh, going for me is this kind of happened in Colorado a few years ago and they got Kale McCarr out of the deal. Uh, I don't know if the Red Wings have the same fate, but I hope so because Kale McCarr is an absolute stud. But uh, I'm just praying to God that um, once the uh, the brooms come out in Edmonton that Chicago doesn't end up getting first overall. That would just be absolutely devastating. Uh, kind of going back to the Red Wings days in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big rivalry for us. It's still kind of sting, um, you know, every time we see them doing anything. So, if, if they win the, the draft lottery here once Edmonton knocks them out, I'm going to be just even more mad than I already am. The sure. draft lottery needs to be scrapped. I think we can all agree. I guess you guys wouldn't agree. You guys love it. But... <laughs> well, that's just because we're good at it doesn't mean we love it. <laughs> we don't want to be part of it anymore, so it's fine. You do whatever you want with it. For the next 10, 15 years, we want nothing to do with it. So. True, well, true. That's, that's what I was going to ask, Brock, because to me, this the, the NHL draft lottery, they got the result that they did not want in that a quote-unquote playoff or play-in team, whatever you want to call it, is going to win the first overall pick. So you said Chicago. Is that of those eight series, is Chicago the team that you just absolutely do not win? want to win that first overall pick or is there someone else in the mix? Well, I mean, I mean, there is other teams. Um, and I actually disagree with you. I think that it's the result the NHL wanted 100%. Cause now they get a whole night out of this thing. Once this qualifying series is over, now they got a whole new night of all these teams fans tuning in. Uh, ratings are going to be through the roof. Cause one of these teams that is, you know, basically a pseudo playoff team is going to get Lafreniere. And it's just, it's not fair, but whatever. Um, obviously if, if Columbus <laughs> somehow, if Columbus somehow upsets the Leafs and they win this thing, I'm going to, like, probably then I will actually stop watching hockey. Um, entirely, I'll probably be just completely devoted to NASCAR at that point. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, I just, Montreal, I think it just makes too much sense if, if Lafreniere goes there. It's going to just, to me, it's going to seem so, like, just made up that I would that would drive me nuts as well. What about, let's just say, obviously we're all predicted an Oilers win, but what about if our beloved Oilers Come out and make it five. Oh man, if, uh, if you know what, I wouldn't even care because like Lafreniere and McDavid would just be so fun together. I like or like all three of them on the same line. Um, it would be too fun. Like whatever. And I, you know, obviously I got a soft spot for Edmonton because uh, I deal with you guys on a on a daily basis, and I like Edmonton. I like the city. I had fun when I was there. I like the team. I love Leon. I love Connor. I love even you know some of the secondary pieces on that roster. So. Uh, Kenny Holland's there too, so I still have a soft spot for him. Uh, I will say, last time I was on this podcast, it was right when Kenny Holland got signed, um, and I said that he would trick Travis to you, and here we are. So oh. one for one. Okay, well nice. you brought up you brought up that trade. So asking to see you, obviously we didn't get to see him much before the NHL shut down. Oilers fans in the comments on OilersNation.com were very split on him because I think they were expecting more right from the jump, which I thought was unfair. Um, what kind of player is he and is he going to improve on like kind of the slow start or is he so inconsistent that you never know what you're, what you're going to get from him? Yeah. So the thing about Austin to see you is like, you get a different player to me uh, on like a game to game basis. Uh, so like in a playoff perspective, you know, if he looks great, everyone's going to fall in love with him. He doesn't, he's pretty much invisible, but like he is so fast 
Like, I know he doesn't even seem fast, most likely, because you guys have been watching Connor McDavid forever. Um, but he's so fast and he's so talented that, like, when he's on, he, he's a game breaker. Uh, and when you've got a guy like that in your third line, I think it, it really stretches that lineup out. Um, the only concern I have is that he's playing with an absolute, also former Red Wings anchor in Riley Shahan. Um, so, like, that, I think that's going to hurt him a little bit because that guy is just a total anchor. Uh, but, no, after the few, so exciting. When he's on, he's on. Um, maybe this little break helps him kind of get back up to speed. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Like, no one really knows what's going to happen in any of these series. No one knows what's going to happen with any of these players. And a guy like Athens to you, I think, especially against Chicago, um, can surprise some of their slower defensemen and, and you know, maybe make some, turn some heads in Edmonton uh, in the playoffs here. Uh, just real quick, touching on Ken Holland, were you surprised at all to see how quickly he was able to kind of move the Oilers in the right direction as opposed to the dumpster fire it was with Peter Torelli? I mean, yes and no. Um, like, I think the last time, again, I was on Oilers Nation here, uh, I was like, I don't really understand how Torelli could screw this up. I mean, you've got Connor and Leon. Like, it seemed, like, so easy. Like, I was pretty confident if I was the general manager, I would have been able to make them a playoff. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like a hard job. Um, but I really like the addition of Athens to you. Obviously, um, you know, Mike Green, too. I, I, I think he still has some, some good hockey ahead of him. It's unfortunate that he, he bowed out, but whatever. you got to respect that. Um, it was. I thought he had a good opportunity to to actually play pretty good hockey because he's always been a guy who's just been a total band-aid and then gets four months off. He was coming in 100%. Um, you know, it, it screwed the Red Wings. We only got a fourth-round pick out of you guys out of that whole deal. But, no, I think, like, obviously, Ken Holland, he's, a, he's got a great track record. But um, when you got Connor, when you got Leon, even some of the pieces on the blue line, like, Ethan Bear, like, what a total stud. Absolutely love that kid. Um, nurse, left ball. Like, they, they had a ton of good pieces already in place. It seems like kind of just everything needed to fall in place. And Shirley just did everything he could to derail the thing. He certainly did, and I really hope that the Arizona Coyotes decide that he's the man for the job in the desert. <laughs> oh, God. Tyler, it's what time to get that? your... No kidding. Tyler, it's time to get your buttons ready because we are wrapping up this week's podcast with the Oodle Noodle Hot Cold Performers of the Week. As always, if you go into any of the 13, soon to be 14 locations around the city for a curbside pickup or a takeout order, they are donating 10% of those sales to local charities and initiatives here in the city. So go out and get yourself something to eat as well as knowing you're doing it for a great cause. So shout out to Oodle Noodle. Follow them on Instagram at Oodle Noodlegram and on Twitter at Oodle underscore Noodle. So what we do here, Brock, is we finish off the podcast with our hot cold performers of the week. We always start with our veggies first. We start with the cold performers of the week. I'm going to go ahead and get this one started because I'm going to steal it from Tyler. My cold performer of the week is Major League Baseball. Ah. <laughs> You guys tried to do this without a bubble. You tried to do it with teams moving around all over the place. The Blue Jays aren't even allowed to play in Toronto. And yesterday, about 20% of the games had to be postponed due to COVID-19. So my cold performer of the week is Major League Baseball. Mr. Nation Dan, you're a cold performer of the week. Well, you 100% took mine because it's absolutely affecting me, like even at my bottom line. And for those of the listeners that don't know, my secondary job is covering sports statistics. And I keep losing shifts now because games are getting postponed or canceled outright. So now Major League Baseball can go fuck itself. Um, 
my cold performer or my cold performer of the week. Oh, I don't even know. It's tough. Uh, you know what? I am just going to go with baseball again. It's it's lazy, but I just <laughs> it's so freaking annoying that that they that you know they looked around the entire sports landscape. Like like Brock said, NASCAR figured it out, but ba- Major League Baseball couldn't get this down path, and so we're sitting here the middle of summer and now baseball is looking like they're going to keep trudging on and players are going to keep getting sick. Major league baseball, my cold fall of the week. Major league baseball. You could say they are just fucking ass right now. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler, you're in control of the buttons. I want to know your oodle noodle cold performer of the week. Yeah. Brock's going to be sitting here being like, what kind of fucking segment is this? But uh, anyone who listens to this (laughs) podcast knows I'm the eternal pessimist. I rarely smile. I go through my life in a dark mood. I'm passing on naming a cold performer. It's impossible to knock me down right now. I'm a huge baseball fan, and they're around fucking it up and doing whatever. Don't even care. Hockey's <laughs> back tomorrow. You are. I'm not even going to hit a button. I don't care. You're not going to take me down from the cloud I am on right now. I'm going to sit down after this podcast. I'm going to open up my sports book. I'm going to open up DraftKings. I'm going to gamble on hockey. I'm going to walk to the liquor store. I'm going to get myself a shitload of beer and... I have no cold performer. My life is good. Look at that. The first time in radio history, Tyler has no cold performer. Rick, your oodle noodle cold performer of the week. Well, it's going to be a little uh, preemptive, but it's going to be the NFL. They have been off the longest here. They've been able to watch everybody. They should have had an opportunity to do everything properly. And they're pretty much following in baseball's footsteps. There's no real (laughs) bubbles or anything like that. And they're about to fuck up their league too. So yeah, we're going to call up the NFL first. Doing exactly what baseball is doing. And they want to have fans, too. Yeah. Like, best of luck with that. Thank you. Uh, saving the best for last. Brock from DailyFaceOff.com, your cold performer of the week. All right, well, I guess I can piggyback a little bit off Tyler's here. I'm going to go with two just to help him out, fill it in. Uh, the first one, first cold performer of the week is probably going to be uh, the Bud Light in my fridge. That's going to perform real nice this weekend along with joint <laughs> hockey. Um, but I think Dougie Hamilton too, just to bring it back to hockey a little bit. Um, I mean, this is a guy who like they thought was going to come back after breaking his leg and step right back into the lineup and then somehow gets hurt again in training camp and is going to miss game one. You break your leg, you get four months off miraculously. looks like you get to continue you know, your playoff journey and all of a sudden something else. We don't know what it is because we're not allowed to know anymore, but uh, to me, that's a huge problem for Carolina. I still think they win that series, but not having Dougie Hamilton sucks. He's amazing. Burr, burr. Flipping the ledger, we are going to the positives in our life from the last seven days. Again, I'm starting it because I can steal somebody's answer. My oodle noodle hot performer of the week is Twitter for giving us our account back. <laughs> After a year and a half of Oilers Nation being shut down and suspended, yesterday we've got some amazing news that our 46, soon to be 47,000 followers are back where they should be following us and talking about hockey. My hot performer of the week is the return of our Twitter account. Put some respect on my name. Uh. Rick, I'm going to go up with you because you're at the top of my screen. You're Oodle Noodle, hot performer of the week. Perfect. That means I get the easy one here. Mine is the NHL. Everything we've seen on television so far out of Edmonton and Toronto have been thumbs up. We've had no real issues. Uh, everything's positive. When this is all announced, I remember seeing all sorts of people on Twitter shitting on them, saying it's not going to work, this, that, or the other thing. 
than all the way they're doing it, but they're doing it well, and it looks like we're going to get the rest of this uh, playoffs all, all done for us. I like this right here. What, what was that one? Can you push that <laughs> one again? It's uh, it's P. Diddy. I like this right here. I like this right here. <laughs> I like sultry. this right here. That yeah. was very sultry. I'm going to I'm gonna change things up a little bit. I'm going to go to Mr. Brock, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, yeah, I think it's just bubbles in general. Uh, obviously, you guys touched on how going in the MLB outside of a bubble. NFL seems to have no plan in place, but NBA, no positives. NHL, no positives here in the last uh, phase three. So uh, bubbles seem to be working. It's the way to go. I don't know how you'd ever kind of get away from that. But anyways, bubbles. Yeah! <laughs> oh, little John, I like that one. Uh, Mr. Nation, Dan, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Well, Bag Milk, you did steal mine. It's and it's Cam from Twitter support specifically uh, for also getting my personal account at the Danalytics back. Um, but uh, my hot performer of the week was, uh, is going to go to take it down a little bit here. Um, but the, it's the Oilers and the the little ceremony that they had ahead of the game uh, for Colby Cave. It's been a pretty emotional time, I think, for for Oilers players, Oilers fans, and hockey in general. Uh, you saw. Even uh, Matthew Kachuk took some time to tweet uh, out a nice, nice little message there about about Colby Cave uh, and the Oilers and the NHL really handled it really well with that pregame ceremony. I know there's going to be more to come and there's more things to happen, but but the NHL and the Oilers for the way that they've been handling the the Colby Cave hashtag for Colby Cave. Tyler, to wrap us up on the Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week, you've got the last word, my friend. Yeah, I'm. I'm also going to give it to the NHL, not just for coming back for coming and for coming back safely, but for making it entertaining. It would have been easy for them to just throw some black tarps on the seats. It would have been easy for them to, you know, sell cardboard cutouts and get weird little faces all over the rink. It would have been easy for them to go a lot of ways, but it seems like they really went the extra mile. And you look at life inside the bubble right now. It seems like they have a ton of really entertaining things for the players to do. Doesn't seem like anyone's going stir crazy a week in, which I mean they shouldn't. It just seems like the NHL wanted to come back and they did it right. And they went the extra mile in the places that they need to, not just for the players, but for the fans as well. So it hasn't been very often over the last 10 years that as an NHL fan, you look to the league and go, thank you. But I am going to go thank you. And I I, like Rick, I'm going to give the NHL my hot performer of the week. Cash money. Brock, we didn't get to ask you before we came on. Before you jumped on, we were discussing just kind of the presentation, what it's looked like of fanless hockey. What have you thought about the game so far? Again, we mentioned earlier that the NHL did say they have more plans for the actual playoff games that are kicking off tomorrow. But so far, what have you thought about just how things look, the games, fanless atmosphere, all of that kind of stuff? Um. I think, yeah, I, I think the NHL did a good job. The rinks look great. I think it's going to be exciting. I, I think uh, the one thing that's going to be very interesting is to see uh, all this hockey going on in, in the middle of August. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for them. But, uh, I mean, they've played outdoors in California, so they should be fine. Um, but, no, I think it looks great. To me, I don't think that the fanless thing doesn't doesn't bother me as much as it does some people. Um, you know, they're pumping in some crowd noise. I think it's fine. It doesn't – it's not – yeah, I don't think it's going to matter too much. Obviously, like it takes away home ice advantage, but like who cares? Uh, I think it's going to be fine. At least it's back. Uh, you got to get it done one way or the other, and I think this is the best way to do it. And I'm, I'm okay with it, uh, you know, across the board. I want to thank Brock for jumping on to talk a little bit of a playoff preview with us. Again, 
send him your thoughts and prayers because he is a Red Wings fan. He had a real tough season. Uh, he did miss out on the first overall pick, but that's okay. He did get three birdies in a row, and that's what matters. A uh, last question I've got for you. If we're going to d- dailyfaceoff.com and something doesn't get updated quickly enough, what annoys readers of dailyfaceoff.com more than anything in the world when it comes to fantasy hockey? Oh, ah, man. So whenever, like, for whatever reason, like, a goalie gets injured, warm-ups and like I've got him confirmed because the coach is like this guy's starting and then he's like tears his groin and warm-ups and he does end up starting it's like it's my fault uh, so that really makes them mad because then like they still have them in their lineup or they're DraftKings and it's like oh you lost me this much money I'm like I didn't do shit like I didn't tear his groin whatever uh, that pisses them off the most uh, but if your listeners uh, play DraftKings or FanDuel or anything uh, be sure to check Daily Face Off out during uh, the playoffs we're going to be doing um daily posts uh you know which players you should target which ones you should avoid uh every single day obviously we're gonna have all the line combinations and the uh up to the minute injury news starting goalies as long as nobody tears their groin in warm-ups um we'll all be 100 percent accurate but yeah when i when i when that happens it's like you're the worst human on earth i'm like i didn't mean correct me if i'm wrong brock but during for the oilers flames exhibition game did we have smith starting on dfo did I see somebody freaking out about that on Twitter? I don't know. Yeah, like I didn't. I didn't confirm the exhibition <laughs> exhibition game, uh, game, and people were yeah. losing their minds. Yeah, that probably happened. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. A lot of goalies split time, so I wasn't supposed to be like, "Are you serious?" But whatever. <laughs> I just want to look into my world right there. It's a very, very interesting world, my friend. I want to thank you for being here. Like he said, go to dailyfaceoff.com for all of your fantasy hockey needs. It is going to be ramped up very, very quickly. Playoffs start tomorrow. Brock's going to be busy. We're all excited. Hockey is back. And I want to thank all of you. I want to thank Sherwood Ford, the Giant. I want to thank SkipTheDigit.ca and Oodle Noodle for making this all possible. And I want to thank you, the listener, for being here to listen to the 199th ranked sports podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for being here. Enjoy the games tomorrow. Send us your playoff predictions on Instagram at ONRadioPodcasts. Enjoy hockey. We're back, baby. That's it for Weather Station Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. We are back. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.